When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking into wide open. Touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown! Jones is just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to review day number one of the NFL draft. And boy, oh boy, was day number one of the 2022 NFL draft an event in so many different ways. Just insane. Everybody said this was going to be one of the wildest first rounds ever, and it did not disappoint. So to break everything down, we bring in our friend, who's the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang, over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. Chris, what's up, brother? Ah, not too much, you know, just trying to uh, sort through uh, a lot of excitement from Jets fans. Uh, I, I think I think they got a couple players that fans are excited about. They did. And on top of that, there were some huge trades, a bunch of trade ups, trade downs. And for the first time since 2013, no quarterback was picked in the top 15. And in fact, the first quarterback went off the board at number 20, which is crazy. Tells you a lot about what teams thought of this quarterback class. But before we get to all of that, all the mega trades, the ups, the downs, the players sliding, the players moving up the board, the surprises. Let's start with the New York Jets. So there's been so much speculation about what the Jets were going to do. There was even talk about the Jets moving that 10th pick for Debo Samuel, which we'll get into a little bit later on. Obviously, that didn't happen. 
but nobody knew what they were going to do. For the longest time, all you kept hearing was the Jets don't value cornerbacks. They don't think corners a big deal. They can get guys in the late rounds that they can use in their zone scheme. And Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles are good, and they could easily be quality starters in the league. And I kept pointing out that the Jets actually had the worst pass defense in the league last year. In fact, I believe their quarterback rating against on third downs was 120 last year. Their corners were terrible. And all due respect to Brandon Eccles and Bryce Hall, who seem like nice guys, they're not bad cornerbacks in the sense that like they can certainly play in the league. And I think Bryce Hall could be like a fringe starter if you really needed him. And Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles are both good depth, but they really shouldn't be starting on a quality NFL team. And a lot of people gave pushback to that. Then the Jets went out and they spent a lot of money to bring in DJ Reed. And so people said, oh, they went and they spent money on DJ Reed. There's no way they're going to make another big investment at cornerback. And so a lot of people dismissed the idea of drafting Sauce Gardner, but I said over and over again, cornerback absolutely is a need. Having that Darrell Revis type eraser, and I'm not trying to say that Sauce Gardner is Darrell Revis, I'm just saying that high quality of a cornerback, a Jalen Ramsey type cornerback, somebody who can be a perennial all-pro, Pro Bowl type player is incredibly valuable no matter what your scheme is. And yes, all things equal, they'd prefer a star pass rusher to a star corner, but that doesn't mean that they would take a good to very good pass rusher necessarily over a star cornerback. And so I said over and over again, look, it depends on how much they like Kayvon Thibodeau. I have no idea. There's varying reports. They may or may not like him. I didn't think they were going to take him over Jermaine Johnson because I think Jermaine Johnson has a chance to be a very good pass rusher, but I don't think he's an elite prospect the way that Sauce Gardner is. And I said all along that once the Jets got Lake and Tomlinson to play guard, it made no sense to get Ike Mekwanu. Now, you could twist yourself into knots coming up with justifications for it, but realistically, unless the Jets were completely giving up on Mackay Becton, or they decided they were getting rid of George Fant, you've got two above-average starting tackles on paper. To use the fourth pick on a tackle just seems like, to paraphrase my friend John Grella, giving a homeless man $5,000 and then watching him spend it on a Rolex watch. You've got so many problems and so many key areas that need to be fixed. You don't want to spend it on the one area that you don't really need to spend it on. So Aquanu just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And Chris, you and I have talked about this, and we're going to get into a little bit later the things that you were telling me as this was going on that you weren't allowed to share on the podcast or on Twitter or anything like that, but you were very much on the money the whole way. Ultimately, what Joe Douglas did here, I I think as far as Aquanu, I'm sure he liked him. I'm sure he had him high on his board, and I'm sure he absolutely would have considered him if they hadn't gotten Tomlinson, but I think he really leaned into the fact that people know him as a, quote, offensive line build-in-the-trenches guy, and he let people believe that there's no way he was going to pass on a player like Aquanu. Of course Joe Douglas would use the fourth pick on an offensive lineman. He's that guy. He's the guy that spends all his major capital on the offensive line. And I think he let people believe that. And I think as far as the pass rusher situation, you had told me this yesterday when we were talking on the phone and it, I think, turned out to be completely prescient. All things equal, yes, they'd have liked a pass rusher, but you said to me, I don't think they're taking an edge because I don't think there's an edge that's going to be available at four that they're going to think is worth the pick. And that's what turned out to be the case. 
We had heard over the last couple of days that they were not enamored with Kayvon Thibodeau, and I'll let you get into why in a little bit. But clearly that ended up being the case because they could have had him at number four and they didn't take him. There was all this buzz that Jermaine Johnson could be the pick at number four. But as you said to me, you didn't have any indication from anybody that you trusted that the Jets liked him enough to pick him at four. You knew they liked him, and certainly they ended up drafting him, so we know that they did like him. But you didn't think that they liked him enough to make that level of investment. And so it all came back to Sauce Gardner because when you look at who was going to be available at number four, who presented that level of value and could be an immense difference maker, it had to be him because you had two guys that are above average at the spot where you would take a Quanu. So that's complete overkill and overinvestment if you do that. Again, I'm sure you could find a way to justify it if you want to, but it really didn't make a lot of sense. They didn't value Jermaine Johnson as being worth the fourth pick. They weren't all that enamored with Kayvon Thibodeau. So unless something crazy happened, like Hutchinson or Walker falling to four, which was always a long shot, Ahmad Sauce Gardner always made the most sense. And let's talk about what he is. He is an absolute star at cornerback, an eraser. Like I said, you go back and you look at the tape, and nobody could do anything against this guy, even going back to his freshman year. Keith Jenkins was on the show from the Cincinnati Inquirer. He talked about how Sauce Gardner got in in the second game when somebody needed a breather, had a pick six, never looked back. Locked down Gabe Davis when Sauce was a freshman and Gabe Davis was a junior and one of the best receivers in the country at UCF. And we've seen what Gabe Davis has done now in the pros. You look at the fact that Sauce Gardner has allowed zero, zero touchdowns as a cornerback at Cincinnati in three years. He allowed under 100 yards receiving this entire season, and they played Alabama and Notre Dame. People want to say he didn't guard anybody good. I already talked about Gabe Davis. He went up against Jamison Williams a fair amount of reps, and while it wasn't a ton, it was a decent enough sample size, and Williams didn't do anything against him. In the games against Notre Dame and Alabama, Jordan Reed of ESPN had this stat. Sauce Gardner allowed four yards combined and had an interception. That's unbelievable. This guy can play zone. He can play man. He can play in any formation you want him to play in. He can tackle. He can play the run. He can even blitz a little bit. And character? This kid's character is off the charts. You heard what Luke Fickle, his head coach, had to say about him. Said not only is he the best corner he's ever been around, he's one of the best people he's ever been around. I believe his exact quote was, the more you're around Sauce, the more you want to be around him for even longer periods of time. Everybody that meets him says that he instantly hooks them. In fact, you heard what Rich Eisen said. He's been on the sauce bandwagon for at least a month, and he even joked about turning in the card himself to Roger Goodell, getting a Sharpie and writing his name on the card tonight to make sure that sauce ended up a jet. So if you're wondering what the Jets are getting, that's what they're getting. They're getting a guy who, and I hate this cliche, but it's true, checks Every single box. Look at the measurables. Look at his speed. Look at the physicality. Look at what he did at the combine. There's nothing that this guy doesn't check off. It's remarkable. He is a high ceiling, high floor prospect, very safe, 
and a high probability of being an excellent player in this league for a really long time at a very important position. So I love this pick. I'm thrilled they did it. I know that a lot of people thought they weren't going to. They thought corner wasn't important to Robert Sala. They thought there was no way the Jets were going to invest the number four overall pick in a cornerback, but they did. And not only did they get a cornerback, I think they got a potentially great cornerback. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this was was interesting. Um, where to even start with this? Because one, there's you know, obviously people are going to feel however they feel about the picks, how they were made, and we're going to wait and see how they turn out, how the players end up. But it's pretty undisputable that there's two things. Well, there's more than two things because you can throw in, you know, hey, trading away Jamal Adams types uh, moves. But there's a couple things proven tonight that Joe Douglas does very well. Uh, and one of them is obviously – just playing the smoke game, working the smoke game, sending out all this stuff. Uh, you, you know, you talked about uh, Iggy and the feeling there and uh, what we've been talking about this whole process. Because I, I told you months ago, I was like, yeah, Icky, that J, Joe Douglas loves Icky. And at this point in time, everything seemed so lined up that, everyone was convinced when at this point where we were talking that it was going to be edge at four. And then everyone was thinking receiver at, at 10 for the most part, but everyone was convinced uh, certainly edge at four. And Joe Douglas wasn't really shy about, uh, you know, telling people how he felt about Icky, but it was also like, you know, they had just signed uh, Tomlinson and they're sitting there going, okay, we, Long term, this this is what how it was explained to me is long term. Joe Douglas kind of wanted to go with Iguanu. Uh, he he was he loved the idea of it, and he thought long term that might be the best play for them. But knowing that they needed the offensive help this year for Zach Wilson to get him those training wheels, get him the most help this year. Signing Tomlinson with Fant having a good year and everything with Beckton, that for this year it didn't make the most sense. And then it seemed that he had kind of you know moved on from that. And then you know I had heard a bunch of differing, varying things in the next couple of weeks. And then it came back around with the the Quanu stuff coming back, and you were asking me about it, and I was just like. Listen, I'm not saying that he's going to take it because, you know, I I even think I, I said to you, I, I think that it would be, you know, he would probably like if sauce is gone is then that's when I'm starting thinking that he loved Aquanu and then he went through the whole process of studying everybody else. And he's like, all right, the only other guys that I liked more are gone. Then he would go and, and take Aquanu. Um, but even that at this point, yep, was it was exactly what you said it was, and that was just uh him putting that out there and leaning on it more to get people's attention diverted that way. Um, and now I, I, I did one thing I did get wrong because I didn't think he'd go uh wide receiver at 10. Uh, and, and we'll talk about this. You brought this up to me before, right before we started recording. But they, 
he obviously anticipated a run on receivers here because the knowing Joe Douglas, he does uh, he sticks to value very well. And oh, on the board, that's a huge. You cannot play the board as well as he does, which is the other thing that he does. Uh, you cannot play that board that well without knowing, like how to uh, you know value everything. This is the this is the blackjack, uh, you know, the thing again. He knows exactly when to hit, when to fold, when to move things around, when to double down, and if you if you play it right here it it tends to better work out a little more in your odds than typical blackjack favors and he he said okay you know i i'm thinking wait get one of the receivers in the second round and he's thinking i got my pick of them right now i'm go get the guy i want most out of this group and then sit and wait and see and hope. And if he if the other guy drops you want, then he's gonna pounce. He did that last year. Uh, you know, he when he decided he did it a little bit of a reverse. He decided to trade up to get Elijah Vera Tucker, and then Elijah Moore still came down. But he did the same thing. He identified and said, Okay, I'm not gonna be able to get Elijah Vera Tucker unless I go get him. But as much as I would like to be co- cool with taking Elijah Moore here, I think there's a chance that he's going to slip some. So he, he he took that and he and he and he won that. And this year he he made a very similar calculated move, and he won that as well. And again, he's he did an excellent job of keeping us all on our toes. I, there were some things that you know. The, some confusion that I saw other people. I was like, I'm not sure where where you went wrong, where how you got down that road. But uh, I guess they they were doing different spoke different ways. But that that's the key to I think being able to pull off the smoke is it has to kind of jive with everything else about you. You know, like it, you can't try to convince me that you know Joe Douglas is going to do something crazy and out of character but if you try to if you try to lean in and convince me that he's going to go online or something that's an easier sales job and then when you you bring up the whole idea of you know uh, everyone talking about oh they don't value corners and this i think sometimes is just uh things get lost in translation or people misunderstand exactly what some things mean does does Robert Sala val- value corners a little bit less than most coaching staffs? Yeah. And if we're talking about if, uh, you know, is, is Robert Sala going to be pressed to go after somebody who might be like the 10th best corner as opposed to the third, 17th best, whatever? No. But if you're giving him somebody he thinks is elite, that's different. We've talked about this at safety. We've talked about this at other positions. If you – that position, it, the value increases there when you're getting a, an elite guy, and especially at corner. It like, oh, it's his own scheme. Yeah. And, and now you got a man guy to, to handle that, that receiver that needs man, and you can comfortably play zone everywhere else. 
And that's exactly what he likes to do. Now he has that chess piece to use when they go up against, a, you know, a receiver that that they, you can't zone. Because some of these guys, you can't you can't just zone out like that. Um, you need to be able to, even if you're giving them help, you still need someone trailing them, following all that. So this allows them to do more defensively. It allows them to open things up defensively. And I'll say this one more time again, and people who have been listening, you know I've been banging the drum just saying, just draft offense, just go all offense, go all offense. But the value here, there is what was to go defense, was to go corner there. If they didn't like Thibodeau, which, again, I do know of one one scout in that building that loved him, and it just he just kept telling me, man, he felt like he was banging his head up against the wall. And, I, you know, it was one of those things I wasn't sure if there was smoke. I wasn't 100% sure if there was smoke, but that is the feeling I got that the coaching staff, Joe Douglas, weren't enamored with him. But, um, so it's sauce, and it's, and it's simple because – this is you said it, every box they love the person as much as they love the player and when you're talking top 5 top 10 picks nothing gets uh, one thing i've learned covering uh you know this league for a while nothing gets gms more excited than uh, a great player and a great person to use that top 5 top 10 pick on that like there is nothing that they will brag about more than that combination. No question about it, Chris. And I want to come back to a point that you made that, as you said, we were talking about before we started recording. The beautiful thing about all of this is how well Joe Douglas played everything because he got Sauce Gardner at four. And then I was sitting there saying, you got to get the pass rusher at 10. You got to get Jermaine Johnson. Or if Thibodeau falls, which he didn't, he went to the Giants at five, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But there were reports the Jets wouldn't have taken him at 10. They liked Jermaine Johnson over him. I don't know how true that is or isn't, but either way, it's irrelevant now. I was hoping they would get Jermaine Johnson at 10. So when he was there and they didn't pick him and they took Garrett Wilson, I didn't love it. I think Garrett Wilson is a good receiver. I'm not sure that he's necessarily going to be this slam dunk number one wide receiver that some people think he is. We've talked about this before. His route running can be kind of sloppy. His footwork is a little erratic and inconsistent. He gets great releases, though. That's what I think people see, and they confuse that for great route running. He gets open quickly. So if he can clean up the route running a little bit, he definitely is a really good fit in the system because he's fast and he can get yards after the catch. And as I said, he has those great releases. But when the Jets got him, I wasn't thrilled about it because I really wanted the pass rusher. And like you said, Chris, I saw the value as get the pass rusher, get the cornerback. There's a bunch of receivers in this draft. But as you said, Joe Douglas anticipated this run on receivers happening early, and he struck. And he got Garrett Wilson, who was either the first or second receiver on his board, clearly. It was either him or Drake London, because Wilson was the second receiver that was selected. And then he went up and he got Jermaine Johnson anyway. Jermaine Johnson somehow fell all the way to 26. And if you were watching the coverage on NFL Network, you heard Daniel Jeremiah say repeatedly, 
I have no idea why this guy's still sitting here. I have him as my eighth best player or whatever he had him ranked. He had him as a top 10 player. I can't believe he's still available. And clearly Joe Douglas couldn't believe it either because he went up from 35 to 26, gave up a fifth rounder and swapped third round picks. He gave up the 69th pick but got the 101st pick back, which is not that high of a price to pay to move up. And he got Jermaine Johnson. So he got the pass rusher. He got the corner. And he got the receiver, all three. And as I was telling you before we started recording, Chris, what's amazing about this is, and we'll get into Debo Samuel in a little bit, the Jets tried to get him. They couldn't get it done. There were other receivers that got traded on this night too, which is wild. But ultimately, the three guys that they got tonight, Jermaine Johnson, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, three guys that could be staples of this team for the next decade, building blocks, they are likely to make combined less money over the next five years than Debo Samuel. All three of them combined will make less money than Debo Samuel. So it may end up being the best trade they never made. But wow, incredible that Joe Douglas was able to play the board like a grandmaster and fill the three most important needs. Not necessarily the three biggest needs because I think you could argue that safety and linebacker are more dire needs because they really don't have a starting caliber free safety. The only guy they have is LaMarcus Joyner who's 32 years old and coming off missing an entire season with an injury. And at linebacker they got C.J. Mosley and then sort of a bunch of Jags. So they probably have a bigger hole at linebacker and safety wide receiver where they have Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, but I think we all agree, wide receiver, very important need. Everybody wanted the pass rusher. They really needed a cornerback. They filled all three of those, and they did it while not really giving up all that much. They flipped third-round picks. That's it, and now they've got these guys on rookie contracts, and as I said to you, Chris, if Garrett Wilson can be even 80% of what Debo Samuel is, which I don't think is unreasonable, that is an enormous win for the Jets. I would shy away from trying to, to even do the math on that just because I don't know how you do that with, uh, with you know, the versatility of Debo. But, yeah, uh, let's, let's just start with Wilson there. They, the, from, uh, you know, the quick little bit I did after the pick, uh, it, it's the, his ability to beat uh, press coverage right there, the release off the line, that, that's what got them. Uh, that's that's what got him the nod over everybody else. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, this is always the age-old question, uh, uh, you know, and this is why uh, a team like Kansas City goes and trades Tyreek Hill. Uh, this is why, why the Dolphins were able to trade for Tyreek Hill because they traded away uh, Laramie Tunsil. Um, but it, it's the same thing because you sit there and say, okay, do I want one A.J. Brown or do I want the picks from this? Do I want uh, one Debo Samuel or do I want, you know, uh, uh, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Jermaine Johnson? The, it, it all depends and it, it's going to depend on uh, the makeup of the rest of your roster. And we can sit here and go back and forth debating what you would rather have in a vacuum or whatnot, but considering the state of the Jets now, considering the state of the rest of the league, uh, the rest of the conference and division as it is presently constituted, I think 
better off. The Jets are better off with these young guys and building as a foundation to go into the future. And then also, as much as you, uh, you will not find uh, many bigger fans of Debo Samuel or AJ Brown than they, but they they both have to have injury concerns and to be trading and uh, uh, you know actual quality draft picks and then give out the huge uh, contract that that would give me a little bit of uh, concern as well. And now, if you're just telling me, okay. I'm not going to trade for those guys and all that's coming. All it's just so you can just draft Garrett Wilson, that 10, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's that, that doesn't make much sense, but combine that with everything else. And again, don't have to spend the money that, you know, a hundred million dollars. Uh, we don't, we, we'll see what ends up happening with Debo or whatever, but the AJ Brown getting that, uh, that, that's a huge chunk of your cap. Um, and the Jets obviously still have so many other needs. So I've, right now, for a team like the Jets, I'd rather have the three young players uh, uh, cheaper than the one really good player. Um, and it's still – now, the, the only downside with this is two of those three players are on defense. And now you got to do – uh, he Joe Douglas is gonna have to on day two be like, okay, look, let's 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 focus, shift a little bit more of this attention back on offense. Now it's gonna be tough, uh, especially with that that uh, second round pick there. There's we'll talk about this in a minute. I know, but uh, if there's certain defensive players still available, it's gonna be tough to pass up. But uh, you know, the offense is still gonna need some more help. Defense is far from done, but. Go ahead, give Zach Wilson a little more help. But again, the value was there. It was at the defensive spots there. Uh, you can quibble with the wide receiver decision if you want to. I I'm not, I won't sit here and argue with with you too much because I I would have done differently. But coming back to get Jermaine Johnson makes me much more able to be like, yeah, I see and, and get the vision with the Garrett Wilson pick there. Yeah, I would have taken Jamison Williams if I was taking a receiver, and he actually ended up going two picks later, which we'll talk about. That was part of the receiver run. And I would have taken Jermaine Johnson at 10, but again, this is why Joe Douglas can be credited with playing the board like a grandmaster, because if he was going to get the receiver that he wanted, it had to be at 10, whereas he was going to be able to get Johnson a little bit later. I don't know if he realized Johnson was going to fall that far, but still, just remarkable on Joe Douglas's part being able to get that done as far as Debo Samuel depending on what you believe Ian Rappaport claims that the Jets had offered the 10th pick as part of a package for Debo Samuel and that the 49ers turned it down Tim Kawakami implied that the Jets may have offered the 10th pick and a second round pick swap either way the deal didn't get done Chris I know you had said that as far as you were aware the Jets were still resistant to giving up that 10th overall pick had that changed as far as you're aware yeah, as far as I'm aware, that had not changed. Uh, they, that was still – they were sticking to not uh, really trying to come off of that. Um, that I – you know, I'm certainly not going to uh, sit there and quibble with those two guys. Uh, Rap Sheet has more sources to be, and Kawakami is as plugged in with 49ers 
as anybody is with most teams. So, uh, you know, if that's where they're going, but yeah, I, I have not, uh, yeah, I, I still just have not heard that they giving that up with the combination of having to pay them was too rich for Joe Douglas is, is what I kept being told. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus play like a jet play like a jet Chris, let's go through the rest of the picks in this draft and kind of talk about what we liked and what we didn't like. And then we'll also go through who's available for day number two because there are plenty of players that are there for the Jets. And remember, they're going to have two picks on day two instead of three now because they moved up from 35 to 26. But they do have number 38, that pick they got from Carolina. And they swap number 69 for number 101 as part of the deal to move up for Jermaine Johnson. So they've got that one as well. The first pick in the draft was Trayvon Walker. Yesterday, we were pretty sure that that was going to be the case, and it ended up happening. Aiden Hutchinson then went number two to the Detroit Lions. It seemed like for the last couple of days, the hunch was that one of those guys was going to go one and the other was going to go number two. That's what happened. Trayvon Walker, very risky pick. Upside is unbelievable through the roof. If they can get him to his ceiling, he can be an all-time great, but he needs a lot of work. He's a really good run defender. He can drop back in coverage, incredible measurables, phenomenal athlete, but you're really banking on your coaching staff there. Whereas with Aiden Hutchinson, he doesn't have as much of an upside, but he does have a strong ceiling and he's got a very high floor. So I'd have taken Hutchinson, but we'll see how that turns out over the long haul. Then the Texans took Derek Stingley Jr., number three overall. 
over Sauce Gardner. We'll see how this turns out. Remember, Chris, two years ago, everybody was talking about Derek Stingley like he was a generational cornerback prospect. Then the injuries came and his play fell off a little bit. I think what happened here is there was talk that Stingley might drop down out of the top 10 because of the injuries and such. Then he got to these private workouts and just blew people away. They saw how he could move. They saw what he would be able to do as a cornerback just in terms of going back and forth and side to side movements that you need to have to be an elite cornerback. And they were reminded of why he was so highly thought of after his freshman year. And it shot him right back up the board and he ended up going to Houston. So, Chris, what did you think of the top three? The only real curveball here was Stingley, but then again... As of yesterday, he became the betting favorite to go third, so it wasn't a total shock, but just to see it actually happen after a couple of days ago thinking he might not be in the top 10 was kind of crazy. I uh, All I thought of that is I talked to you a couple of days ago, and I was like, listen, man, all I know one thing for sure in this draft is that Agent Hudson will not make it past number two. I still thought at the time that the Jags would take him, but if he if they didn't, there was no way Detroit would pass him up. And then as like it's going, I'm, I'm hearing about Detroit loves uh, Thibodeau even no matter so much it doesn't even matter. And I was just like, no, I'm sticking with this. I'm sticking with this as the one thing I know about this draft. And I'm glad I stuck with it because I was correct on that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, you know, the Trayvon Walker thing, uh, uh, just, I don't know. I, I, okay. I, I just, I, I don't understand it. I, I, I just don't. I, the only thing is, you know, there was that, uh, Balky came out a couple of week, a week or so ago talking about he's going to, you know, he feels like he's got crushed for anything but Hutchinson or, and like, did did he really let like talk himself out of it? Like I I just don't understand that. Just go with the safe Hutchinson pick. I get that you you wanted to swing a little more for the fences here, but that was you should have just gone with that. Um, and yeah, the Stingley thing, you know, I a watching him his freshman year, and you know. Tell, go back in time and tell me uh, that that version of me that he's getting drafted number three, and I believe it. And I'm I'm only thing is I'm sitting here going who who went ahead of him, but uh, you know last couple of years now it's like okay I can see why people would think three is high, but if his injuries are are fine and not a concern, then he I I think he's going to be great. But obviously that. They're allowed Sauce Gardner to still be there for the Jets, and that's all you guys really care about. <laughs> and indeed, Sauce Gardner was there for the Jets at number four overall. And then Kayvon Thibodeau. This was a curveball. There have been all this smoke, and I guess Joe Shane goes to the Joe Douglas School of Deception that the Giants didn't like Kayvon Thibodeau. They weren't enamored with his personality, but Thibodeau ends up going number five to the Giants. Chris, as you were saying, a big part of the reason Thibodeau didn't go number four to the Jets is because they didn't love his game. They thought he was a good but not elite prospect. Combine that with 
the shortcomings that they found in his personality, and that's why they weren't comfortable with him at number four. He ends up going to the Giants at number five, though, and this becomes important because Ikemakwanu goes at number six to Carolina, and then the Giants go back and get the offensive lineman they apparently wanted all along at number seven in Evan Neal. Talked about this on the podcast a while back. A great point brought up by Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, who would know because they've been in draft rooms. A lot of these coaches and scouts rely on relationships, rely on friendships to help guide these picks. And remember, Brian Dable, the new head coach of the New York Giants, was offensive coordinator under Nick Saban at Alabama. You have to believe that Nick Saban was selling Evan Neal to him. And so I think that probably played a big part in why Evan Neal was the preferred option there. But smart move by the Giants getting Thibodeau at five and then coming back and getting Neal at seven. They knew they were going to get one of those three offensive linemen, and Neal was the guy they got. Drake London, the first wide receiver off the board to the Atlanta Falcons, heavily rumored they were going to go receiver at number eight. Nobody knew whether it was going to be London, Wilson, or Jamison Williams. It ends up being London. They desperately needed help there. They've got Kyle Pitts at tight end, and they've got Corderell Patterson as a gadget player, but with Calvin Ridley out, Their top receiver, whose name escapes me, has like 400 yards as his career high. They had to do something. I'm not sure it had to be at number eight. It could have been at 43, but they decided they were going to strike there. So they add London. Charles Cross goes at number nine as Seattle makes sense. They've had a terrible offensive line forever. They get a really good pass blocker there. And then after Garrett Wilson goes, this is where the wide receiver run began. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson's teammate at Ohio State, he goes 11 to the Saints who traded up. And then the Lions made a big trade up, getting Jamison Williams. This is a big time weapon for them. We knew that they were also in on Debo Samuel. They had signed DJ Shark and we're talking about other big receivers. So they get their big playmaker here. And again, this is where Joe Douglas's anticipation really comes into play because the Lions knew that they had to go up and make this bold move to get one of the receivers they wanted. If he hadn't done what he did there, look at how the board played after that and the Lions getting aggressive to go up and get Jamison Williams. So Chris, that wide receiver run comes, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, all off the board between picks 8 and 12. And of course, Charles Cross comes off the board too. It was interesting because from pick 6 all the way to pick 12, it was nothing but offensive linemen and wide receivers. So in other words, it was your exact kind of draft. Yeah, that's that's what I'd be looking for. Uh, <laughs> but you know, they didn't. Most of them didn't end up here. But you did get one of them to go with uh, with Zach Wilson. So you got you got one of them there. And then the plug with the the other guys there. This this offense is starting to come around. Um, but yeah, that I do like to see those playmakers go. Uh, even though. You know, as much as I, I bang that drum, this, this this is such and this is why he had to do it. Anybody that's played fantasy football knows about how you have to be able to predict runs or sense a run, feel the run as it's starting. And I we we've talked about this a lot. I probably would have rolled the dice and been ready to wait for the receiver on the second round here but we already looked to see how the receivers went and you know you just named off a bunch but we're not through the the first round yet and there's more to come here so um 
I would have been willing to roll the dice hoping for somebody like there's one guy that that I would have been hoping for that you haven't said his name yet, but his name was called and we're going to get to it in, uh, shortly here. So, um, you know, again, I I if you want to quibble with that pick, I'm good with it. You go go for it. But. I just don't know what else you can really do or say at that point because of the way when it turns out this well. At 13, the Eagles trade up two spots and get Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia, just a freak athlete. So they get themselves a defensive difference maker. At 14, the Baltimore Ravens get Kyle Hamilton. That is outstanding value for them. Love that pick. Wouldn't have loved him in the top five, but at 14, I think that's fantastic. The Texans, with the pick that they got in the trade down, grab Kenyon Green, the guard from Texas A&M. Really like him. He should help a lot. The Commanders, after trading down from 11, grab Jahan Dotson, which is really interesting, the wide receiver from Penn State, because they paid Curtis Samuel last year. They've got Terry McLaren, so adding Dotson there helps. It also makes me wonder if it's a bit of a hedge against McLaren potentially leaving at the end of the year. Zion Johnson, the offensive lineman from BC, goes to the Chargers. Really love that pick. Very versatile offensive lineman, can play in a bunch of different schemes and a bunch of different positions. And then the Tennessee Titans get on the board by trading A.J. Brown to the Eagles for the 18th and 101st picks. Wow, what a move this was. Traylon Burks is the pick. And Chris, as we were talking about before we started recording, they clearly see Traylon Burks as a young A.J. Brown who they can get on a rookie deal. A.J. Brown instantly signs a four-year, $100 million deal with the Eagles, $57 million guaranteed. Diana Rossini from ESPN said, no way was he getting traded. I asked somebody that has been plugged into the Titans for 25 years. He told me, no way was he getting traded. You saw two weeks ago, Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, went on Rich Eisen's show and said that as long as he was the head coach, there was no way they would ever trade A.J. Brown, and then this happened. So sometimes things change in an instant, and there you go. A.J. Brown off to the Philadelphia Eagles. At 19, the Saints take Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, so they get two day one starters on the O-line and at wide receiver, Chris Olave at 11 and Trevor Penning at number 19. Kenny Pickett, the quarterback out of Pittsburgh, the only quarterback to be picked in the first round of this draft. He stays in Pittsburgh. He went to Pitt for college, and he goes to the Steelers. He'll probably compete with Mitch Trubisky for the starting job there. As I said, first time a quarterback hasn't gone in the top 15 of the draft since 2013. Trent McDuffie, the corner from Washington, who I really like, excellent cornerback. The Chiefs trade up and grab him at 21. The Packers take Quay Walker at number 22. And number 23, Kyer Elam, the cornerback from Florida, goes to the Bills. They traded up a couple of spots. The Cowboys grab Tyler Smith, the offensive tackle from Tulsa. At number 25, the Ravens get Tyler Linderbaum. And now this was a pick that they had traded down from. They originally had the 23rd pick, which they got in a deal for Hollywood Brown. They traded Hollywood Brown 
and the 100th pick in the draft for number 23 to the Arizona Cardinals. So the Cardinals are clearly going all in. Cliff Kingsbury knows his job is on the line, and he's got to surround Kyler Murray with as many weapons as possible. Murray now has Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. If he can't succeed with that, then I don't know how he's going to succeed. But Tyler Linderbaum, a perfect Ravens pick. He's the kind of guy that'll go there and be a Pro Bowl caliber center for a really long time. The Jets trade up and grab Jermaine Johnson at 26. We talked about that before. Another steal here, the Jaguars. I love this. They end up getting Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah, probably the best linebacker in the draft. Devontae Wyatt, who's Jordan Davis's teammate on the defensive line at Georgia, goes to the Packers at 28. New England takes Cole Strange, the guard from Tennessee Chattanooga, after trading down. That's an interesting pick. I like Cole Strange, but that might be a little high for him. George Karloftis, this is a phenomenal value pick to the Chiefs. The edge from Purdue goes at 30. There was talk at one point of him going in the top 10. Daxton Hill, the safety slash corner for Michigan, probably going to play safety in the pros, goes to the Bengals at 31. I like that one a lot. And speaking of safeties, I like a lot. The Vikings, after trading down more than once, end up getting Lewis Seen, the safety out of Georgia, who I think is one of the best defensive backs in this draft. So, Chris, thoughts on these picks and also thoughts on the trades of both A.J. Brown and Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown was crazy because he was a guy that was never even discussed. Yeah, that that one bored me, and also I was like, I just oh, I don't like the value of that for the Cardinals at all. Uh, I as, especially seeing that you know, right after that, uh, AJ Brown goes just for five picks more uh, higher. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't be doing that. I get it, but but the the picks I love here. I mean, uh, Jordan D- D- Davis for the Eagles to have that plug that man in the middle of that defense. And then I love, of course, both the Ravens picks. The Kyle Hamilton pick was great. And then to come back with with Tyler and Lindenbaum there, I, like they needed that. That offensive line was hurt and bad last year, and they need some there. That's just a perfect uh, pick for them. And then I, I – Want to? I want to watch and keep a tra- close eye on how this goes, because um, I think it's super interesting that the Chiefs said, "Okay, fine, we will trade Tyreek Hill," and now we sit here and we spend two first-round draft picks on a cornerback and an edge rusher. So uh, they're they're obviously sitting there thinking Patrick Mahomes is pretty damn good. Maybe we just need to help out the defense a little bit more and let Patrick Mahomes be able to work with, you know, not necessarily Tyree Kill, but other uh, guys. He should be able to get the job done, and we can give our defense a little bit more. So uh, I think I think those are the the moves that really jump out to me, and this the rest of there. Uh, and I'm going to be very very interested to see how that plays out for the Chiefs. Chris, before we run, let's take a look at some of the best available players heading into day number two. You and I talked about N'Kobe Dean. Boy, would that be awesome if the Jets could somehow pull that off at number 38. Imagine having N'Kobe Dean, Sauce Gardner, and Jermaine Johnson as three young building blocks of this defense for years to come. I know that N'Kobe Dean isn't the athlete and doesn't have the measurables of somebody like Devin Lloyd, 
but his leadership skills and his ability to just be so instinctual and understand the game and where to be exactly when he needs to be there, he'd be great in this Salah defense. He was the leader of that national championship Georgia defense. I think he'd be perfect at number 38. Malik Willis is still on the board, but obviously the Jets are not picking a cornerback. Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State, I don't know if they're going to go running back at number 38, so they probably won't be able to get him. There are some good defensive players left that I don't think the Jets are going to take. Boye Mafe, the edge rusher out of Minnesota. Andrew Booth, the cornerback out of Clemson. Arnold Abichetti, the edge rusher out of Penn State. And Kyler Gordon, the corner out of Washington, I think getting the corner and the edge rusher earlier probably eliminates them from consideration. Kenneth Walker, the running back from Michigan State, still on the board. Again, I don't think they're going to take a running back at number 38. Travis Jones, the defensive lineman from UConn, I wouldn't be shocked if they did that. Now, I'm not saying I would take an interior defensive lineman that early, but I wouldn't be stunned, especially considering how bad the Jets were against the run. Christian Harris, the linebacker from Alabama, certainly a possibility for the Jets in round number two, as is Jalen Petrie. He's one of the most tempting options, I think. Petrie and N'Kobe Dean are probably at the top of my list of guys that I would want with that 38th pick if the Jets don't move down. But Petrie is a safety that they could absolutely use. They need a lot of safety help. Bernard Raymond, the offensive tackle from Central Michigan. A lot of people thought he would go in the first round, but he's still on the board. Sky Moore and Christian Watson, two of the better wide receivers, still available. I don't think the Jets are going to double up on receiver, but those guys will provide really good value. Sam Howell, another quarterback who's still on the board. I don't think the Jets are taking him, obviously. Nor do I think they're taking David Ajabo, the edge rusher out of Michigan. I don't think he's a good fit, and obviously that injury dropped him down the board quite a bit. Roger McCreary, the cornerback from Auburn. Again, don't think the Jets are going to double up at that position. Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. Very interesting possibility, as are Troy Anderson, the linebacker out of Montana State, and Chad Muma, the linebacker out of Wyoming. You've also got some offensive linemen that the Jets might want to take a look at. Nicholas Petit Frere from Ohio State and Cam Jurgens from Nebraska leading the charge. So, Chris, a lot of interesting names available heading into day number two. Some of those guys could be in consideration at number 38, but then the Jets pick again at number 101, and they do have some fourth round picks. So, if they really want to get aggressive and move up for a guy they like, they can do that. They could even move back from 38 and pick up extra picks too if they want to do that, if there isn't a player that they feel like they have to have at 38. But those are some guys that you could could see fly off the board early and one of them could absolutely be a jet when the draft resumes later today you know i, I won't say that they won't double up like through the rest of the draft but then they're not coming back with a corner uh they're not coming back with another edge uh definitely not with the corner and almost certainly not with another edge <laughs> i just can't imagine that there, there's other um holes to fill here too i would also probably Yes, that they're pro- pro- probably going to wait a little bit longer on the the running back and on the interior defensive line there. But, um, I, you know, there's still a lot of holes there. There's a lot to do. And then starting at that third round, I think, you know, that that opens up the running back and maybe even uh, interior defensive line. I, I think they're probably pretty good. They're good at corner. Um you know, maybe you see some in the seventh round or undrafted, uh, 
but I think they're probably pretty good at corner now. They're probably not gonna, you know, add a, any real big name edges there. That like why that's they're gonna roll with what they have there. But they you can still look for some, you know, more depth on the offensive line, especially on the inside. Still expect uh, that power downhill back. Um, you could still look to see more receivers at some point. Not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that I would expect it with that second pick, but uh, the third round, maybe you could do it. There, there's still so much more. And then, of course, the tight ends. We've talked about this, too. So, um, you know, Trimming Bryant's still on board. These are the types of players that Joe Douglas is going to have to try to target. And there's still a bunch of good ones out there, though. Chris Nimbley, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal. Thank you so much for coming on and breaking down day number one of the 2022 NFL draft with me. Really appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow to break down day number two. In the meantime, follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbley and at JetsInsider. Read his very big deal work at JetsInsider.com. Check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the PlayLikeAJet YouTube channel. The Thunder from down under Luke Grant has got some great film reviews up, including two separate film reviews of Jermaine Johnson, a film review of Garrett Wilson, and a film review of Sauce Gardner. So if you want to see all three of the Jets' brand new draft picks on all 22 film, go and watch those videos on our YouTube channel and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.